Hey, what's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Episode 7 of Arrowhead Live. I'm Grant, here with my co-host, Ori Wynn. What's going on, guys? Uh, so, real quick, before we get into things, um, we did a giveaway, I believe it was last week or two weeks ago, I'm not sure, but it was the, week, Priest, yeah. the Priest Holmes uh, figurine, uh, still in its original package and everything. It's pretty, pretty cool. Um, but anyway, we have a winner for that. Uh, the winner for this giveaway is going to be Casey Casper. That's at Casey D Casper on Twitter. Uh, so congratulations to Casey. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so congratulations. Uh, and now the next we're going to go on to talk about um, the chief sign, Jeremiah Atachu. I, yeah. I believe that's how it's pronounced correctly. And so, yeah, they signed him. He was with the Chargers for a while. Um, so he wasn't didn't do anything too crazy crazy over there but he but he's trying to could be a productive player when he, in the right fit and i think that um i think that he'll make a better fit here than he did with, did with the with the chargers in the four three i think that he can definitely fight for us a, a spot on the roster and probably i think he could be even be a starter what do you think about it yeah um i mean he's dealt with injuries basically his entire career um he had one year where he played 15 games and what was San Diego, now L.A., obviously. But um, he had six sacks. I think he had, like, 42 pressures. Um, yeah. So he was, a, he was a pretty good player in San Diego, but he's just injury-prone. Yeah. Um, and I believe I believe they he was a stand-up outside linebacker. I could be wrong. Um, so in our system, he they have him listed as linebacker, which would likely mean that they're going to stick him at uh, Sam linebacker which is essentially in the 4-3 under that Steve Spagnuolo runs. Uh, the Sam linebacker spends a lot of time uh, down on the defense or basically as a stand-up end or stand-up yep. rusher. Um, so he'll be dropping into coverage a little bit, which according to his PFF grades, he was actually okay at. Um, so he'll be rushing the passer. Um, he's a decent run defender. Um, and then he could be dropping into coverage a little bit as well. So... I mean, as long as he stays healthy, I think he's going to compete for the uh, Sam linebacker position with Damian Wilson. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so on to the next thing. Uh, we kind of have a cool little uh, round one mock draft. Um, so we're going to go through all 32 picks. Um, it's going to take a while, so bear with us, but we're going to try to fly through it and uh, obviously, we'll go a little more in-depth on the Chiefs pick, but um, stay tuned to see who the Chiefs select. Uh, so I'll be taking the odds, the odd number picks, and Ori will taking be taking the even number picks. Um, and then in two weeks from now, uh, we'll switch. I'll take the evens, and Ori will take the odds. Um, and then that'll be the Thursday before the draft. So um, with the first overall pick, the Arizona Cardinals – very obviously select Kyler Murray. Um, I mean, he's a fantastic fit for Cliff Kingsbury and what Cliff Kingsbury wants to do. I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, but Kyler Murray is a compacted version of Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion. A little less arm, a little less flash, but overall he can do the same type of things with uh, the crazy arm slots and you know running around and making plays. All right, so then moving on with that. Uh, the second overall pick is going to be uh, for the 49ers, and they're going to select Nick Bosa. 
Um, he's going to be uh, their ed, new edge guy. He uh, They have a needed edge right now. Um, I think he's a pretty obvious pick for, you know, he, he was going to go off the board pretty early, and I think that he's going to be a stud just like his brother in, in the league. So that's who uh, they're going to take with the second round. Yeah, and uh, with Joey, I mean, the both of them have kind of dealt with some injuries. So uh, I think Nick Bosa is a better player than Joey um, overall, but, you know, we'll see with that. Uh, with the third overall pick, the New York Jets select uh, outside linebacker, edge rusher, defensive end, whatever you want to call him, uh, Josh Allen out of Kentucky. Uh, Josh Allen is a very versatile edge rusher. Uh, he show, displays really nice ability to drop into coverage. And given that the the Jets are actually sticking with the 3-4 this year, um, I don't think they have the personnel necessary to make the switch to the 4-3 immediately. Um, under Greg Williams, and Greg Williams has historically run the 4-3. Um, but Josh Allen is versatile enough to really play anywhere. Um, so as of right now, I'm going with Josh Allen, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a trade out. And then so then the next with the fourth overall pick, the Raiders are going to take Devin White out of LSU, linebacker. Um, I think that I think that he's going to go pretty early in the draft. Um, but yeah, so I think for, with the Raiders uh, looking for to fill their linebacker spots, I think that um, he's going to be an obvious pick. I don't know if for sure that they would take him, but I think that whoever whatever team he, he ends up actually going to is going to be going to be really good. He's really good in coverage. He can read the uh, quarterback really well. Um, he's you know an urgent pass rusher and uh, something that will definitely benefit the Raiders. Yeah. So moving on to pick five. From or for the Buccaneers, um, I have them selecting interior defensive lineman Quinnen Williams. Um, it really appears as though the Buccaneers are trying to move on from Gerald McCoy and his $13 million a year contract. Uh, they've tried to trade him a little bit, but they're not really getting any interest. Um, so Quinnen Williams will come in. I'd be, I mean, he shouldn't fall to five. I would uh, suspect that. He's probably a better player than Devin White overall, better value, but the Raiders have a bigger need at linebacker. So uh, mm-hmm. the Buccaneers get good value with Quinnen Williams here, who's a well-rounded pass rusher and run defender. Yeah, I agree with that. The, I could see the Raiders taking Quinnen Williams as well, but I think that they're because because of the need at linebacker, they'd take him instead. Yeah. Okay. Devin, so Devin White's a great player as well. So mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't. I know we hate the Raiders, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate that pick for them. No. Okay, so moving on to the sixth round, uh, or not sixth round, si- the sixth overall pick, the New York Giants are going to select Dwayne Haskins, and I know that they've said that they're sticking with Eli and they're going with him for a couple more years, but I think that they need they're they need a quarterback. They're, I think we all know that they're going to go with quarterback, and I think that if you, in my opinion, if you pick anybody other than Haskins, it's going to be kind of a mistake. So, and that's just my opinion. I know a lot of people are high on Drew Locke, but I think uh, Dwayne's going to be the best fit for the for the Giants. Yeah, and I think I think the non-interest in drafting a quarterback at six for the Giants is really a smokescreen. I think they're trying to prevent having to trade up um, for a quarterback because with the with the three picks three through five, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see the Jets, the Raiders, or the Buccaneers trade out um, for teams vying to trade up for Haskins or to get ahead of the Giants for Haskins or Locke. So wouldn't Mm -hmm. surprise me at all. Uh, Moving on to pick seven, 
This one's kind of a tough one for 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 the Jaguars. Um, they need pass protection, um, and they need offensive playmakers. But I'm going to select TJ Hawkinson, the tight end from Iowa here. Um, I think he's a great fit um, for, for Nick Foles. And I really, really wanted to take Jawan Taylor, but I don't think – I don't think they would invest that high of a pick for for Nick Foles, who's not a long term solution at quarterback for the Jaguars. Um, so I think they're gonna I think they're gonna grab a, I mean maybe some pass protection uh, later in the draft, but right now they take T.J. Hawkinson, who's gonna come in and probably be their their best pass catcher immediately. Okay, so um, the next pick is gonna be from the Lions. They're gonna be the eighth overall pick. And I'm going to have them taking DK Metcalf. And I think and that, that could surprise some people. I think that uh, they, they have some needed defense, but I don't think their defense is all that bad. I think that um, they definitely need some some weapons for Stafford to throw to. And I think that I think everybody's seen what this dude can what this dude looks like and what he can do on the field. So I'm going to have them taking uh, DK. Yeah. And I, I mean, I wouldn't be completely surprised to see them pass on a defender here, um, specifically an edge rusher or interior defensive lineman. But I could I could imagine that uh, with DK Metcalf that they've got visions of uh, Calvin oh, Johnson <laughs> dancing in their head. So, um, I mean, DK Metcalf is the closest thing to Calvin Johnson that there's been since Calvin Johnson. Yep. Um, in terms of in physical, physically he is. Um, yeah, I don't, for sure. I don't think he's quite the wide receiver at this time, but, you know, we'll see. Um, and so at pick nine, um, I have the Buffalo Bills taking Jawan Taylor, the offensive tackle out of Florida. Um, he's the number one, my number one offensive tackle on the board. And really, he'll come in and he'll probably slide in at left tackle. Um, he could po- also play right tackle, but uh, it really just depends on – what the Buffalo Bills, where the Buffalo Bills want to start him out at. Um, so he'll come in and he'll be the pass, the main pass protector for, you know, Josh Allen, who the Bills believe is their quarterback of the future. So, yeah, I, I think that going and getting guys to block for Allen's it's a pretty solid move. I, I think that's something they're going to need to do. So moving on to uh, the Broncos with the 10th overall pick they are going to take ed oliver and and i think that <clears throat> this uh where, where he's position his position i think is one of their biggest needs i think that um i almost picked i almost picked lock uh, lock there i think that would surprise a lot of people but i think that um i don't think they'll pull the trigger i think they're going to take a different uh a defensive guy and i think that um he'd be a solid pick yeah um i mean they've they've really lacked uh, interior defensive lineman since Malik Jackson uh, went to the Jaguars. So that pick wouldn't surprise me at all. And Ed Oliver is one of the best athletes in the draft as, you know, a 270, 280-pounder. Um, so with the 11th pick, um, I have the Cincinnati Bengals taking Devin Bush, the linebacker out of Michigan. Um, and Devin Bush is, I mean, he he is really up there with, with Devin White. I mean, you could argue that they're even interchangeable um, mm-hmm. number one linebacker in the draft. So um, I think the Bengals, after they lost Vontez Perfect, 
Um, they drafted Malik Jefferson last year, I think, in the third round. But, I mean, I think Devin Bush comes in. He's an immediate starter and an impact player for the Bengals who who really need to add some, some uh, depth and uh, strength to the um, front seven. Yeah, I think Bush is going to be one of the best players in this draft for sure. Um, I think that he'll be an immediate impact player. I think he is going to be have, have a huge impact for them. I know they got they like physical guys in Cincinnati, and he's definitely that. So I think that 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 makes sense for them. Uh, so the Green Bay Packers are going to select uh, for their number twelve. Wow, twelfth pick in the draft. They're going to take Noah Fant, tight end, Iowa. Um, Pretty partial to Fant because uh, I like because I've seen him play at Iowa. He's, I know he's a stud. Uh, with Aaron Rodgers throwing to him, it's he's gonna he would be a beast. Um, I think that they need some some more weapons for Rodgers, and I think that they've lacked a, a big tight end like that for a, for a little bit now. And I think that that it would make make a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't think the Jimmy Graham experiment or experiment really worked out. Um, no. And- with Aaron Rodgers nearing the end of his career, you know, he's probably got three or four good years left, um, especially with, you know, he's been dealing with some injuries the past few years. So um, I think I think fans a good pick there. And, you know, they grab a they grab a, uh, a tight end for the rest of Aaron Rodgers career. Um, so at pick 13 for the Miami Dolphins, um, I think a QB is going to go here. Um, I believe that somebody's going to trade up probably into the top six for Drew Locke, um, depending on where where Haskin, Haskins ends up. Um, but the Dolphins are, they traded away Ryan Tannehill, um, and then they signed uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I think the Dolphins are going to draft Drew Locke here, the quarterback from Missouri, as most of y'all well know. Um, and I think they're, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see them roll with Fitzpatrick for, you know, the first part of the game until Fitzmagic runs out again. Um, and then you'll see Drew Locke starting, you know, midway through the season. All right. Yeah, I think that, I think that, I don't know. It's, they just cannot find an answer for uh, the quarterback position in Miami. It's been, I, feel, I feel like it's been forever since they've had a solid quarterback. But I think Drew Locke could be that guy. So go, moving on to the Falcons pick, uh, 14, they're going to take Montez Sweat. And there's they really the edge is one is one of, is their biggest need. Uh, I think that there's three three guys that they could possibly take in. It could be Gary, could have been Burns, could have been Sweat. Gary is a little higher on the board usually, but I think that Sweat proved that he's a physical monster. I think that he is. I, I think that he will end up being better than Gary in the long run. So I think that's who they're going to take. Yeah, and in. Sweat is a, I mean, he's just a freak of nature. And, you know, some teams, some teams really value athleticism. Um, others don't value, you know, testing numbers as much. But um, Sweat looks okay on film, but he's going to be a much needed addition off the edge for for the Falcons. Um, so with pick 15, I have another quarterback here going to the Redskins. Uh, the Redskins are a team that I really believe can, are gonna maybe trade up um into the you know first the first several picks uh for a guy like drew lock but since we're not doing trades here i have the redskins drafting daniel jones the quarterback from duke um and daniel jones 
a lot of people have been saying, you know, he's gonna he's gonna slide slide out of the first round. And uh, I mean, we talked about a few weeks back on our podcast that you know he was a loser at the combine um, because Locke was a winner. Um, so he basically lost the fight for that E three position. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the Redskins will grab Daniel Jones here with uh, Alex Smith likely's career career likely being over. So, yeah, I think that makes sense as well. I I could see Jones going out of the first round, but uh, I I mean I, nobody knows. I think that he I think he definitely has potential. I think he has um, the skill set to make it, but we'll have to I'll just kind of have to see how it goes. But yeah, I, I agree with Alex Smith. You know, that's just not looking good. So they're going to need a guy to fill his, take his spot. So, yeah, and he's he's actually he's actually a lot like Alex Smith. I actually compared him to uh, um, Ryan Tannehill with a little bit of Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. um, which now that I think about it is kind of like Alex Smith. Um, I think he's a little bit more of a risk taker than Alex Smith, but, but we'll yeah. see. Okay, so um, so the Panthers are with the 16th round pick. I'm going to have them taking uh, Rashawn Gary. I know we just talked about him a little bit ago uh, with, I think, Sweat just being taken just a little bit before him. I think Gary will go at number 16 to the Panthers. They need to have a needed edge. And uh, like I said, I think that Sweat will end up being a little bit better than him, but I think that Gary is going to be a solid piece for any team as well. Yeah, I agree. Um Gary, he didn't show much in terms of being a pass rusher while at Michigan, um, but he's, I think he was, he's one of the seven or so recruits that's that's ever been rated as a 1.0. Um, I mean, that includes, you know, Vince Young and Jadavion Clowney and guys like that. So um, anyway, moving on to pick 17 for the Giants, um, since they went and drafted um a quarterback i'm gonna go ahead and take the wide receiver Nikhil harry from arizona state here they just gave um sterling shepherd a four-year contract extension uh with the guaranteed money it's basically two years 21 million um and then they signed golden tate as well so they basically have two guys that are you know 510 511 uh so they draft Nikhil harry to to sit there and develop with Dwayne Haskins and, and, you know, build a rapport and they mm-hmm. get a big wide receiver. He, he can throw the stretch the field with and um, go up and get the ball. So. Yeah. Uh, I think that that would be a solid option. Uh, it's interesting. Cause with my next pick, uh, I'm going to take uh, for the, with the Vikings, I'm going to take uh, Hakeem Butler out of Iowa state. I think that, like you said, he's a guy that can go up and get the ball to fight for it. Um, uh, and I think that either one of those guys could work for both of these teams. I think that, uh, like you said, that they want to build with Haskins going on, going forward. And then I think that having a guy like Hakeem Butler on, who I think is under very underrated, I think will go to. Um, I think that he, I think he'd be a good fit for the Vikings and uh, give, give fill in a spot they definitely need to fill at wide receiver. Yeah. So I guess I mean with Hakeem Butler, man, he'll he'll go in there with. Stefan Diggs and, and yeah. Adam Thielen. Um be dangerous. Yeah, and and who knows? I don't man, I don't know. Adam Thielen's contract is coming up and they gave they gave uh Stefan Diggs big money. So I think that'll 
and Laquan Treadwell sucks. So yeah, I think Akeem not... Butler. I think Akeem Butler will allow them to be flexible in the future. Yeah. Yeah. So with pick nineteen, um, I have the Titans selecting edge player Brian Burns from Florida State. Um, they did a little work on the edge this off season um, with uh, head coach Mike Vrabel. Or yeah, Mike Vrabel. Um, so he wants a strong defense, and they're going to add Brian Burns to. Uh, bolster the pass rush and definitely add some some uh, speed on the outside um, to pair with uh, Jarrell Casey, who's on the inside. Yeah, that makes total sense to me, too. I think that um, they're going to they're gonna get a pass because they need some pass rush. They don't have too many pass rushers to speak of on, their, on the team, but um, definitely a good pick for them. So for uh, the 20th pick, the Steelers are going to take uh, – from LSU, Greedy Williams. They they need uh they have a definite need a cornerback. They I they got get burnt a lot, and I think that Williams is going to be one of those guys that comes in there and he could uh, <clears throat> change the tone of the defense, especially in the secondary. And I think that's who they're going to take. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, they definitely they definitely need some help in the secondary, despite signing Steven Nelson during the off season. Um, I could definitely see them maybe taking an edge rusher as well. Um, and don't be surprised if they go uh, with someone like a wide receiver or something like that as well. To fill the spot from AB. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so with the 21st pick, I have the Seattle Seahawks selecting Christian Wilkins. Um, I could definitely see them taking a safety here. Um, I could also see them trading back because I don't because <clears throat> I don't think there's a safety worth taking. Um, but Christian Wilkins will really, really help on the interior defensive line. Uh, they've had a lot of departures over the past few years along along the defensive line. Um, and with the with them potentially shopping Frank Clark um, it came out this week that they're Frank, shopping Frank Clark for a second round uh, second round pick. Uh, Christian Wilkins will come in and he'll uh, fill an immediate need there at interior defensive line for, for the Seahawks. For sure. Yeah, I could see them. Uh, yeah, like you said, with Frank Clark being shopped, you don't know. It, it's definitely not a certain not a certainty at that position. I think that would make sense bringing him in. So for the 22nd pick, the Ravens are going to take A.J. Brown, wide receiver out of Mississippi. Uh, they... That they definitely need wide receivers. Wide receiver is probably one of their biggest needs. Um, so I think they're going to take him out of Mississippi. I think that um, I think he's going to be kind of slept on. I think that he's actually going to be one of the better wide receivers to come out of the draft. Yeah, I actually I think AJ Brown. I've said this this quite often, but uh, I've liked AJ Brown more than DK Metcalf for a long time. Um, I think he's a better route runner, um, despite the serious size difference. I think he's a more physical player. Um, and he, just because he's six foot, you know, six one, he'll go up and get the ball as well. Um, so here at pick 23, I have the Texans drafting offensive tackle Andre Dillard from Washington state. Um, you know, they sent Dewan Brown to, to the Seahawks a couple years ago, one or two years ago. I can't really remember. Um, and they really failed to fill that, that hole, um, since then. Um, they really need help along the entire offensive line. Um, but Andre Dillard can come in and he can play left tackle. He can play right tackle. He can even slide in at guard. 
um, and he'll immediately become arguably the the best pass protector for Deshaun Watson, who I believe uh, led the league in uh, uh, sacks last year. I think I think Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, he took way too many hits, and um, they're really going to need to protect protect that investment. Yeah, I I, could, I agree with that. Um, I think that at at twenty four, the Raiders are going to select cornerback uh, DeAndre Baker out of Georgia. Uh, they have a need at cornerback. A lot of teams in the draft have a need at cornerback, but the Raiders definitely do. Uh, I think that they're going to take bring him in. He's going to be a stud. Uh, I think that I would have loved to see Baker on the Chiefs, but you know, I think if he's there, then I think the Raiders will take him. Yeah, I like Baker as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see if if Baker or um, who goes first, Baker or Murphy. Yeah, uh, but I, I like both players, and I think uh, I think I hope hopefully one of them will fall to the Chiefs at twenty nine. Yeah, but, um, with the twenty fifth pick, um, you know, there's been talk about the Eagles having some serious interest in drafting a running back here, possibly Joshua Jacobs. Um, but with the, with the trade for Jordan Howard, um, I think they can wait a little bit longer on a quarterback there or running back there. Um, so with the 25th pick, I'm going to take offensive tackle Cody Ford, um, out of Oklahoma. And he's basically going to be the heir to Jason Peters, who I believe is 37 years old. So, I mean, Jason Peters is getting older and, they're going to want to protect wins. They're not going to want to go down that road where they're going to have to, you know, be searching for a left tackle um, when when Peters retires or if he gets injured or whatever. So um, the Eagles will end up with Ford and Lane Johnson as the bookends and those two guys from Oklahoma. So, yeah, for sure. I think that protecting wins is definitely going to be a big deal and they're going to want to continue to do that and with that being said the the colts are going to take offensive tackle jonah williams from alabama uh to get another guy out there to protect luck he's obviously the future of that team and going to be what they're going to need to take care of for a long time yeah i agree with that i mean that if they draft jonah williams they're probably gonna they're they're gonna have the best offensive line in the league pretty easily and it'll be young and you know, they're probably going to have to let a few of those guys go or a couple of those guys go here in the next, you know, four or five years because they're not going to be able to pay them all um, because they're all really good. But, um, but yeah, so uh, with the pick, 27th pick, um, I have the Raiders selecting Joshua Jacobs here, um, the running back from Alabama. Uh, obviously, they have needs all over the defense, um, but they really fill their one of their last remaining needs on offense other than quarterback um, because I don't think Derek Carr is, is the answer there. But um, so they, they add Joshua Jacobs there <clears throat> to pair with Jalen Richard, who they just re-signed. Um, and I think they'd be nice compliments to each other. And uh, jo- Joshua Jacobs will come in and be an immediate impact player there. Okay. Yeah. I think that, um, yeah, for sure. I think the run- that they, uh, they like his type of guy at running, like that type of guy at running back for the, at the Raiders, you know, from their past. I think that he'd be a good, a solid fit for him. At uh, moving on to our next division rival, the Chargers are going to take um, Garrett Bradbury out of NC State, oh. and they're going to uh, 
because they have they have, do have a need there, and I think that they're going to take him. And I know that a lot of it's been going around that the Chiefs could possibly take him. But some people were, uh, you know, back and forth on whether they'd like that pick or not. So uh, have them taking Bradbury. Yeah, that's an interesting pick. Um, you know, with Philip Rivers on his last leg, um, it wouldn't really surprise me to see the Chargers um, add another offensive playmaker, um, maybe a tight end or a tight end like Herb Smith or um, Herb Smith or uh, a wide receiver like Marquise Brown. Um, but with Mike County playing center. Um, for for the Chargers, uh, Bradbury would probably start out at guard, um, which he's also very very good at. Um, moving on to the next pick, pick twenty nine. The Kansas City Chiefs are on the clock, um, and they really have some good options here. I mean, they have Byron Murphy, Nasir Adderley, and and Cleland Farrell. Um, and so, with that being said, I have the Chiefs selecting cornerback Byron Murphy uh, out of Washington. Um, he's a little undersized and, um, he's light and he's, you know, 5'10", a little less than 5'11". Um, but he'll come up and he lays the wood. He, he does not hold back when he's hitting players. And, um, you've heard this comparison a lot, but he, he's really similar to, to Brent Grimes. Um, and he's, he, his 40 wasn't great. I think it was 4.55 at the Combine. But his short area quickness is fantastic, and he he has a really nice break when the ball is in the air, um, and he and he sticks with the player or he sticks with the receiver. So yeah, and I I would love that pick out of the Chiefs. I think that I was really close to taking uh, taking him when I was looking at the Chargers, uh, but I think that they have they have some decent corners that and they have a decent secondary, so I think they wouldn't go cornerback. But like, but with that being said, Murphy to the Chiefs, I would love that. I think that he's not to be cheesy at all, but like you know, he's like a little guy, but he's like really feisty and scrappy, and he's gonna he's not gonna take any shit from anybody. And uh, I think that for he would be uh, you know a solid addition. We know obviously for Chiefs fans, we know we need some help at corner, and I think that he'd be an awesome fit. So then with the third pick, our third third pick, the thirtieth pick. The Packers are going to take safety Nasir Adderley out of uh, Delaware, and I think that I think that 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 he's going to be a solid option. I think that the Chiefs could go safety right there and take Adderley. Um, that also kind of depends on what we're going to do, what the Chiefs feel like they're going to do with um, Watts. Uh, we're going to see. We don't. I mean, I hope that he ends up being a stud. And we wouldn't need. We didn't need to take Adderley, but who knows? Um, but I think the Packers are going to take. Adderley, they need they have a need at safety, and I think that uh, he'll he'd work out good for him. Yeah, they they haven't given safety much attention over the past few years. You know, they've they've moved on from guys like Morgan Burnett and Demarius Randall, and uh, who who was the other guy? Um, I can't remember. Uh, ha ha Clinton Dix. Oh yeah, Ha ha Clinton Dix. That's right. Yeah. So uh, they'll take Nasir Adderley here, and uh, they signed Amos, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, so they'll come in, and Amos will probably be the strong safety, and Adderley will be the free safety, and that'll be a nice duo there. Yeah. Um, so with the 31st pick, um, I have the L.A. Rams selecting edge rusher Cleland Farrell out of Clemson. Um, I think they'd be surprised to see him fall this far. Uh, they've shown a lot of interest in Ja'Kai Polite and a couple other guys like 
um, Chase Winovich and stuff. But with Cleveland Farrell falling, I think they'll I think they'll jump on this on this op- opportunity, and uh, you know he'll slide in and with uh, the defensive end that they traded for from Jacksonville, uh, Dante Fowler. Um, I think he he's on a one year deal, so Cleveland Farrell allows them to basically move on from him after this year um, and not have to pay him you know exorbitant amounts of money. Okay, so with the 32nd pick, the Patriots are going to take Dexter Lawrence inside the defensive lineman from Clemson. I think that he is going to be one of the, in my opinion, going to be one of the, end up being one of the best picks in the draft. Um, I think that he's going to be a stud, and the Patriots always seem to get some sleeper, like you know, find a, a diamond in the rough. I mean, not not that. Lawrence is somebody that flies on the radar, but I think he's going to be a stud, and I think that it'd be a steal if they got him at the 32. Yeah, Dexter Lawrence would definitely be a nice fit there. They've had uh, guys like Danny Shelton and Malcolm Brown over the past the past few years, and uh, they haven't retained him. But uh, you know, I mean, everywhere in in New England except for quarterback is just basically a carousel, and uh, Bill Belichick constantly reloads. So. Yeah, Dexter Lawrence will be a nice pick for them there. And I think Dexter Lawrence is, he's not being talked about enough. Um, I mean, he he was fantastic at Clemson. And then I think he got busted on a drug charge or something like that and got suspended from the team Mm -hmm. for the last couple games. Um, So he'll drop a little bit. But uh, Dexter Lawrence is actually a player that I wouldn't, I'd be surprised to see the Chiefs take at 29. um, But I wouldn't hate the pick. So I would not be mad at that at all. Yeah. Anyway, so that sums up our first round mock draft. Um, I hope you guys were able to stick with us through that entire thing. Um, And then uh, we'll be doing a uh, second version of the mock draft uh, in two weeks. Um, So, you know, we'll we'll have a little, uh, you know, most up most recent uh, rankings and and. news and stuff like that uh to go off of for the week before the draft yeah i hope you guys enjoyed that it was actually pretty fun yeah it was a little bit stressful though i was kind of stressing out at points there trying to keep up yeah i agree um Uh, anyway so moving on to our our next uh our next topic here um earl thomas actually confirmed today that yeah this is a little bit disappointing but um I know there was some speculation, and he kind of he kind of mentioned that uh, he was prepared to go to Kansas City. But today he said that he actually had his bags packed to go to Kansas City um, and sign a one or two year deal before Baltimore called. Yeah, that's and it's hard to hear. I know that we got our guy, our guy in Matthew, and I'm 100 percent happy with him. But Earl Thomas is such such a good player that you hear that type of thing, you kind of cringe a little bit. Um, but yeah, I was, he said he has bags packed. He said that uh, Clark had a a plane ready to take him, like get ready to fly him in. It's just it's kind of hard to hear when you that a lot of Chiefs fans were hoping for Thomas for such a long time. But um, I think it'll I think it'll end up working out. I think that Matthew will be a good fit for us, and I'm I'm not mad at all about it. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, pairing Earl Thomas with Tyron Matthew would have been awesome, and it would have been fun to watch. But um, I don't think paying, you know, twenty six million plus a year um, for you know one or two years is 
is exactly ideal, especially whenever we have so many more needs around the defense. I think it's going to be a blessing in disguise. Uh, Earl Thomas is 29, and I don't know. the. I love Earl Thomas, and I think this was kind of a pride thing for for um, for Brett Veach, you know, because they had Earl Thomas uh, basically traded for last year before he got hurt. Um, and I think I think they wanted to give it another go at him and try to bring him to KC. And I think maybe Earl Thomas wanted to come to KC too, but he just couldn't pass up the money. Um, so moving on to the next topic, um, some news broke. I believe it was yesterday that the Chiefs may or may not have inquired about uh, defensive end Demarcus Lawrence um, in trade negotiations. Um, Dallas was really having trouble getting this contract done with Lawrence. You know, he has a, he had a torn labrum for the past year and a half. And uh, he, he just kind of avoided the surgery for a while and he played through it and he played really, really well. Um, yeah. But then they eventually got the, they eventually got the deal done. And I think that was always going to happen. Um, it's possible that this was just a little bit of leverage um, for the Cowboys with Demarcus Lawrence. There might have been, you know, putting out feelers to see uh, see what the Chiefs would te- other teams would actually give Demarcus Lawrence in a contract to see if the Cowboys to see if they were being stupid about, you know, paying him 20, 20 or more million dollars a year. Yeah, and I think that, uh, yeah, I pretty much agree with what you're saying, but I think that that with if if we were inquiring about Lawrence, it would have had to have been for the right price. I don't know if we wanted to, we would have wanted to pay him that much money. I mean, I know that, that you know, he's going to be a star player, he already is, but I'm not sure that that would have been the best decision for us. I think, obviously, if we would have got him, I, I would have been happy just because of how good of a player he is, but not. I don't know if I would have been happy with that contract. And did they have any interest in Clark Clowney going on? Um, I don't know. I think that Clowney could probably, would be kind of a long shot. I think that that they're shopping, since they're shopping Clark, I think that, uh, you know, I would, if I, if I had to pick which one I would see happening, it would be Clark, but I, I don't even think, I don't even think that'll happen. But um, I definitely think if we were interested in Lawrence, that means we're, we could be interested in both of them, but I, I don't, I don't think it'll happen. Yeah, um, if it was anybody, I would say it's Clark as well. Um, I think the costs would be a little lower in terms of trade compensation. Uh, Seahawks are asking for a second-round pick off the bat. Um, so it could be a 2020 second, a 2019 second. But I, I would actually love to trade for Clark. I think he will get a deal less than Lawrence. He's not as good as a not as good of a run defender. Um, he's a year younger than Lawrence. He's only 25, you know, but he does have a checkered past. Um, he's been pretty much clean all throughout the NFL, um, besides a few controversial comments that he's made on Twitter and stuff like that. But, um, he did have the domestic violence, uh, dispute back in whenever he was in college before the draft. Um, so, I mean, that, that'll bring into question, a couple people are saying, you know, I don't want the Chiefs to trade for Clark because of what this, all the stuff they have going on right now with Tyreek Hill and then previously Kareem Hunt. But, I mean, this is a business, and Frank Clark has proven himself for the past five years or four years that, you know, he he a man can change. And, uh, you know, they give him an incentive-laden deal um, with a little less guaranteed money to basically basically as damage control for the chiefs in case something were to happen 
But at this point, I don't think we really need to worry about it uh, with Frank Clark. Um, as for Clowney, um, you know, I think he's a long shot as well. I think he's going to cost a lot more than Frank Clark, uh, both in terms of contract and trade compensation. So I think that's a little bit more of a long shot. But who knows? We'll, maybe we'll hear something more specific over the next two weeks, you know, leading up to the draft. Yeah. Um, we could, I mean, you could even, honestly, Clark could be traded for some picks or anything. You know, never, you never know what could happen, but I'm not going to hold my breath on it too much. Um, then moving on to some other things around the NFL, Antonio, <laughs> Antonio Brown, uh, you know, with his antics on Twitter and calling out Juju and, trying to make him look bad, but in the process, he just kind of made himself look worse. And I think most people's eyes, um, you know, uh, he's going on Twitter and saying, telling him about how he, he fumbled the ball and the most important part of the game and all, all this crap that, that Juju was literally just, we were talking about how he just looked up to him. And I don't know. I don't definitely, in my opinion, made an ass of himself, but you know, that he can do what he wants, I guess. Yeah, I don't I don't really understand it. I don't I don't understand what his motive is here. I mean, Juju Smith Schuster after Antonio Brown, you know, threw him under the bus publicly to get back at to argue with some random dude on Twitter that posted up a, a picture of Juju Smith Schuster with saying MVP on it or what team MVP on it or whatever. Um and then Juju Smith-Schuster was like, dude, I've shown you nothing but love and respect the whole time I've been here, and I've looked up to you. Why are you throwing me under the bus, basically? And then Antonio Brown retaliates by posting a picture on Instagram of Juju Smith-Schuster doing exactly what Juju Smith-Schuster said he did. Um, and so, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. I don't know what I don't know what Antonio Brown's trying to accomplish here other than make himself look like an asshole, I guess. Um yeah. He's really not accomplishing anything else other than that. Um, and then really quick, um, Steven Nelson has been going at it with Chiefs fans for the past couple weeks. I don't I don't understand this either. I don't know what the deal is with Pittsburgh and players, you know, with Twitter. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Um, Steven Nelson's basically saying that the Chiefs couldn't afford him um, and that, I don't know, all this stuff. But... I mean, that's, and he was QB, the best cornerback on the team, and all this. Yeah. Just... I mean, he was he was targeted more than anybody else, any other cornerback in the league, I believe, and gave up more yards than anybody else in the league. And I mean, he 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 did have four interceptions, but he hasn't really. Prior to that, he hadn't really done anything, and despite the four interceptions, he wasn't even that good. So then he goes on Twitter and says, "Steelers actually beat Chiefs in 2016 playoffs at Arrowhead, and Chiefs changed nothing up. Imagine that." bum mad bum fan dude like what are you even talking about 2016 for what like what does it have to do with anything like it's just yeah. it's just ridiculous like you're you're not on he's acting like he got that he like glowed up and went to the better team like you're on a worse team now but i don't i don't get what you're trying to accomplish here yeah i don't understand either i mean i guess he's just trying to defend himself but i don't really see the point of it i don't know i'm tired of i'm tired of players and them thinking they need to be hard on Twitter. I get that they're human too, um, but the fact of the matter is, is they do need to hold themselves to a higher standard um, because they are in the public eye. And if there's any evidence of how a how an athlete leaves their legacy um, on the game that they played, 
just take a look at Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade. Um, so growing up here in Arlington, which is, you know, 30 minutes away from Dallas, I've been a Mavericks fan my whole life. And Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki has been um, a Mav for my entire life. And that man is the most humble, uh, most respectful person. And he's been, you know, he's been an elite player. Um, in his career, he has an NBA MVP. He won a championship. And if you met him, you wouldn't even know it. He's like a normal dude. Um, and with his ceremony and everything, you know, he had all these superstars there talking on, talking about him and uh, thanking him for everything he did for the NBA. And then you go look at Dwayne Wade, and this guy's jumping up on a table. He hurts his knee, and, you know, everybody laughs at him. And, uh, you know, he's it's all about himself. And, you know, if it were me, if I was a professional athlete, you know, I think I would rather take the path that Dirk Nowitzki took with his career. And I don't really see why anybody else doesn't. I mean, Dirk Nowitzki is universally loved and Dwayne Wade is a lot of people don't like him because he's kind of pompous, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it just seems like these guys could, it, it it seems like it'd be so much easier to just not be, jackasses but they they seem to like try to have to act like they're tough and i it just doesn't make sense i don't know steven nelson there's a difference between being like an all-star or even like a stud and just being like you know a little cocky but nelson was he can claim he was the top cornerback but it was on the worst one of the worst events in, in the league last year historically one of the worst ever so i don't know how why he's acting like he's gonna be a stud at Pittsburgh, but you know, whatever. But the thing that the thing that cracked me up is he said the Chiefs couldn't afford him. Yeah, uh, he's got, got a twenty-two million dollar contract, and the Chiefs have twenty-three million dollars in cap space right now. So they literally could have signed him to that contract and given him all the money he got in one year. So to say they couldn't afford him is ridiculous. I don't. I think the answer is that they couldn't justify paying him. So. You know, he has that a little twisted, but, you know. Whatever makes him feel better. Whatever he, yeah, whatever makes him feel better, I guess. But anyway, that's it for today. Um, we'll be back on here with you guys next Friday. Um, hopefully, we'll have a little bit more to talk about. Um, it's been a little in slow. Regards, in regards to Chiefs news, but yeah, this is the slowest time of year. Um, but I expect, you know, draft news and stuff like that to start ramping up here pretty quickly. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed it, and uh, you guys have a good one, Chiefs Kingdom.